just went across there to say welcome to praise and Artura who got married last week. It's good to see them. Just stand up a minute. The newly married couple. Bless you. Good. It's good. They got married in the Hilton Hotel. It's great. One of the best weddings I've been to. It's fantastic. I loved it. I loved the way y'all come dancing at the reception. It was brilliant. Oh, man, I love that kind of stuff. You know, if you've got a new shoot, you'll see in the front, you know, I've been singing lots of songs about the love of God today. This says, whatever your name is today, do you know what your name is? Dad, just speak out what your name is. Okay. Whoever you are, and no matter what you've done, God wants you to know today that he loves you. I'm just going to say that again. Whatever your name is, whoever you are, and no matter what you've done, God wants you to know today that he loves you. Just say to yourself, God loves me. Then say, he really, really does. Isn't that good? You can go home now. No, you can't. Don't you dare. The doors are locked. No one gets out of here till I'm finished. I've got something to say. This morning, I arrive with this. People are curious as to what I'm going to do with it. I'm not telling you yet. I'm going to keep you curious. This is my prop. Stay. This cane is more obedient than my dog. It's wonderful. This morning, I want to speak about the yoke and the anointing oil. The yoke and the anointing oil. Okay? Stuff we've known about for years, but we need to hear about it afresh, I believe. It says this, Mark chapter 6, And the disciples cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. James 5.14 says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Now, we have known for years that the oil represents the Holy Spirit, haven't we? You know that. Please just nod. Just We know the oil represents the Holy Spirit. It's not magic oil. It represents the Holy Spirit, okay? And we have used these verses for years. So what's the big deal? There's nothing new here, is there? Or is there? Or is there? Well, you know, in times of revival... God often brings new and fresh revelation to old foundational truths. I'll say that again. In times of revival, God often brings new and fresh revelation to old and foundational truths. And about two months ago, God started to speak to me about the anointing oil. And he said, when you pray for people, I want you to anoint them with oil. So I just obeyed God I anointed people with oil, and some amazing things have started happening. 
It's amazing. So I thought, well, God, now I'm doing this by faith. You need to help me understand what's happening here. Because I know these verses, but what's happening? And the Lord said this, the anointing oil is destroying the yoke. The anointing oil is destroying the yoke. So I looked up Isaiah 10, verse 27 in the New King James Version, and it says this, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Different versions use anointing oil, some use oil, some use fatness and prosperity. But I prefer this one, the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. And that's what I'm going to be speaking about this morning. The yoke being destroyed because of the anointing oil. So what does this mean? Well, commentators differ on the meaning of this verse. It's one of these verses that they find difficult to translate. Okay? There's about four options. Number one, to enjoy prosperity and fatness, for the oxen to get so fat, the yoke breaks off their necks. That's one meaning of it. Another one is this. When the prophet, priest, and king were anointed with oil and functioned properly in their offices, then Israel would enjoy prosperity and fatness. That's another meaning. A third one. It talks about the Holy Spirit's grace and power and gifts and is cross-referenced with Zechariah 4, chapter 6, where it says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The fourth one is this. It pointed ahead to Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, who would destroy all the work of sin and the enemy. You remember Isaiah 61, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Luke 4.18 says the same. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 says this. But to the Son he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. So it speaks about prosperity and fatness being anointed with oil to function. It talks about the Holy Spirit, and it also points to Jesus, the anointed one. She's got all these meanings in this verse, okay? So what I'm going to talk about is my understanding, my application of this verse, because it's been working. You see, in God, sometimes God asks us to do something by faith, and then the understanding comes later. That's what's happened in this case for me. Sometimes he gives us revelation and understanding beforehand, then we obey that revelation by faith. This should be one of these, I've begun by faith, now understanding and revelation has been given to me by God. So, my understanding and application is this. The yoke can be troubles, burdens, bondages, sickness, oppression, or any other negative thing that comes against us. The yoke, okay? That can be any of these negative things. So when it says the yoke gets destroyed by the anointing oil, the anointing oil breaks these things off our lives. Okay? So there's three key things here 
The first one is this, is to destroy the yoke of the enemy. To destroy the yoke of the enemy. We destroy of the yoke of the enemy when we pray for people and use the anointing oil. Believing that the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the anointing that's upon Jesus, the anointed one, as soon as we anoint them with oil, that power comes upon them. Bang! And something happens in the name of Jesus. That's what's been happening to me. I believe that happens. As soon as I touch people with oil, the power of the Holy Spirit and on Jesus, the anointed one, comes upon them and does something in their lives. It could be in the inside or the outside, but the power of the anointing oil destroys the yoke of the enemy, whatever that yoke is. It might be bad habits in your life. It could be sin. It could be sickness. It could be oppression. It doesn't matter what it is. Jesus came to destroy all the works of the enemy. All the works of the enemy. To destroy them. To destroy means to completely and utterly eradicate them. He didn't come to patch them up or put on a sticking plaster. Jesus Christ came to destroy all the works of the enemy. Hallelujah. So the first thing is, we destroy the yoke of the enemy by getting people anointed with the anointing oil in the name of Jesus. That's step one. Step two is this. We then take on the yoke of Jesus. See, the yoke of Jesus is the very opposite to the yoke of the enemy. Matthew 11 says this in the Amplified. This is Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest, relief, ease, refreshment, recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, and good. It is not hard, sharp, or pressing, but is comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to carry. A complete contrast to the yoke of the enemy. You see that? Complete contrast. In the Bible, when the oxen were yoked, they were often yoked in pairs alongside one another. Okay? And when we are yoked to Jesus, we should be walking alongside him, alongside one another. I wonder if my wife would join me in the platform, please. Any Christians here today? Okay, you've got sanctified imagination then. Okay? In your sanctified imagination, this is not a cane. This is a yoke. At this side, have you ever seen a, a yoke put on a horse or not? On this side, there's a yoke. On this side, there's leather yokes. You know, Alison's going to be yoked to me. I want her to hold it like this and press it against your neck, please. I'm going to come down here. Hi, this is difficult. <laughs> Can someone get my wife a chair? And he's glistening with oil. Okay. I am yoked. So in this, in this instant, I am Jesus. Okay. I've always wanted to be Jesus. It's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. So where I go, Alison is going to walk alongside me because it's pressed against. I'm going to turn in circles. See? Now I'm going to walk forwards. 
Jesus, I'm going to walk backwards because someone plays some music. <laughs> you put your left leg in. But she's yoked to me. She's not running ahead of me. She's not running behind me. She's walking alongside me. When we are yoked to Jesus, that's what we should be doing. Okay, darling, you were very good at that. Thank you. This is now a yoke, okay? Next time you see a cane, remember this. See, we, want, we are called to walk alongside Jesus, and what happens is when we're yoked, Jesus takes the strain. That's the whole purpose of the yoke of Jesus. He takes the strain and he makes our burdens light and easy to carry. It's not like the enemy where we're weighed down with them. No, it's Jesus carries the weight. And so it's easy for us to walk alongside them. It's light. It's easy. It's refreshing. It's all these other words that you find in the Amplified Bible. When we walk with Jesus, that's what happens. If we're under pressure today, you've either got the yoke of the enemy upon you, or you're not wearing the yoke of Jesus. Because Jesus says, my burden is light. And it's easy to carry. So one, destroy the yoke of the enemy. Number two, take on the yoke of Jesus. Okay? Hope you're all taking notes. I mean, we're so good, you get all this stuff. You just download it. You get get to hear it again and you even get the notes. Isn't that wonderful? It's not wonderful. Step number three is this. Become spiritually fat and prosperous. I said spiritually fat. This is not an excuse to go out and buy lots of chocolate biscuits. Become spiritually fat and prosperous. So destroy the yoke of the enemy. Take on the yoke of Jesus. Become spiritually fat and prosperous. You see, we need to become so spiritually fat that the yoke of the enemy can never ever fit around our necks again. We are so prosperous in God, we are so spiritually fat, that yoke of the enemy won't fit upon us any longer. That's what he means. Spiritual fatness, spiritual prosperity. So how are we going to do that? You see, every Christian should be spiritually fat and prosperous. Say to the person next to you, you should be spiritually fat. Every Christian should be spiritually fat and prosperous. See, 3 John 1, 2 says this, Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So how can we become prosperous and spiritually fat? Have a prosperous soul. Have you got a prosperous soul this morning? If not, fix it. I'll just give you some hints. Keep a relationship with God living and active. That'll keep your soul prosperous. Don't just read your Bible on Sundays. Don't just pray on Mondays. You know, keep your relationship living and active. Don't let it become a formula or some kind of legalistic routine that you do. Keep it living and active. Recognize new seasons in God and enter in by faith. 
See, God's always doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing today. Neither you nor me have lived this day before. This is a new day. So God is doing something in your life today he's never ever done before because this is a new day. See, God's always doing something new. The trouble is we can hear about this. God's doing a new thing. We've heard that before. It doesn't mean because we've heard it before it's not the truth. It's still the truth because God is doing a new thing. This is a new day. I have never lived this day before and neither have you. So God is doing something new in your life, in my life today. And sometimes God, when he moves in seasons, it could be a two-day season, a two-month season, a two-year season. It doesn't matter. When God speaks to you about a new season, you need to enter in by faith because that keeps your soul prosperous. If not, you're going to end up living in the past and your soul will become hard and you'll become a cynic. Sadly, sadly, there's a lot of cynics in the church of Jesus Christ because they don't keep their soul prosperous and because they don't keep pressing on into the new things that God wants to do in their lives. They become hardened to it and they just come to church week by week. They've just become religious and there's no life in the heart any longer. Don't be a cynic, brothers and sisters. Keep your soul prosperous. Enter into the new things God wants you to enter into. Obey the leadings and promptings of the Holy Spirit. So necessary. Evan Robinson, the Welsh Revival, used to say that. Obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will lead and prompt every one of us if we just get, learn to be sensitive to his, his leadings and his promptings. He can lead us and guide us on a daily basis. We need to respond to these things. It keeps our souls supple and prosperous. When God gives us new revelation, we need to obey that revelation. See, when God shows us something new, if we don't step into that new revelation by faith, why on earth should God ever, ever, ever show us anything else? If we haven't obeyed the last revelation God has given us, why should God give us more revelation? He'll go and give it to someone who will respond in obedience. So when God gives us revelation, we need to walk into that by faith. That's what I'm doing. God said to me, start and anoint people with oil. I just obeyed by faith. No understanding's coming. But that keeps my soul prosperous. Keep stoking your fire. Be careful what you read and watch. Be careful of the company you keep. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't just become a churchgoer. For goodness sake, keep your life alive. I keep stoking my fire. You know, when he keeps okay, I can be louder than him, don't worry about that. Just keep stoking your fire. Are you going to join him? That's okay as well. Keep stoking your fire. Read the right books, you know, read stuff about revival. Read your Bible, you know, do things that stoke your fire. Spend time with those that are after God. Keep stoking your fire. Keep your fire burning within you. That keeps your soul prosperous. See, having a prosperous soul is key to it all. Stephen the Silver's onto something, isn't he? 
<laughs> Having a prosperous soul is the key to our whole Christian life. This little bit in here is what will make it or break it for us. If we've got a prosperous soul, we will live a, a Christian life victoriously. If we don't have a, a prosperous soul, we're going to have problems throughout our Christian lives. It's all to do with the inside. It's not to do with the circumstances in the outside. When we're okay in here, we'll rule over that kind of stuff. But if we're not okay in the inside, we won't rule. We'll wither and we'll die. I mean, think about it, brother and sisters. The most powerful person in the universe is inside you and me. Woo! More powerful than that fire in China. More, more powerful than the atom. And he lives inside us. But we need to take care of our soul. The proverb says this, out of our hearts flows the issues of life. Out of your heart and my heart flows the issues of life. We've got to guard and protect our hearts. Life flows out of our hearts. It's all to do with the inside. I'm going to read these verses again, 3 John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Prosper in all things. All things. That means no exceptions. I mean, God wants us to prosper in every area of life. All things. Say to the person next to you, God wants you to prosper in all things. Now say to someone else, and be in health. But here's the bit. As your soul prospers. Say that to someone else. As your soul prospers. Right, before we do the next one, I want to pray about that, please. Could we stand? Put your hand in your spiritual heart your soul say Father forgive me the times I've neglected my soul and I ask for your grace that I will do all I can from this day forward to have a prosperous soul that I may prosper in every area of life. That I might become spiritually fat and prosperous in Jesus' name. Amen. You can sit down again. So we need to destroy the work, the yoke of the enemy, take upon us the yoke of Jesus and become spiritually fat and prosperous by taking care of our soul and make sure that is prosperous. Now finally, I just want to say something about the anointing oil here. I'm emphasizing a particular truth today that God revealed to me about the anointing oil. Therefore, I can obey and practice this revelation reverently, reverently, and with faith, because I've seen it. I can do it. 
Okay? Now, if God gives you revelation about the anointing oil, you can't just all run out here today, going into Tesco's, buy big bottles of oil and start anointing people. I doubt if anything will happen. First of all, you need to see it. But with anointing on, you can't just pick up the oil at the chip fryer or whatever it is. It needs to be brought before God. And it needs to be prayed over. And it needs to be consecrated in the name of Jesus as holy anointing oil. Okay? You can get me or one of the elders to do that if you've got some oil. It needs to be consecrated. It needs to be changed from just normal oil into consecrated oil. And then you can use it reverently and with faith as the Lord directs you. Simple example. Was it last? Was it last week, John? I came to see you. Last, last week, was it? Last week. I was going around to see John and uh, I was praying about this I 1027 the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing on I thought look God if you want me to do anything today when I get down to John just confirm it in some way so I was running John and Jenny's were chatting away and I just started to say something about the anointing oil in Isaiah 1027 well John said where's that in the Bible I said Isaiah 1027 so he picks his Bible up takes his marker out do you know where his marker was? Isaiah 10, 27 amazing amazing immediately John saw that he got revelation I touched him with oil and God nearly blew him out the French windows I mean Jenny and I couldn't pull him back in See, not I saw it John saw it as well then and he's used it since because he's, he's seen it in a deeper level there's something in it. Clifford and I, many people have we prayed for Clifford. I mean, I've tuned people in the last few weeks, haven't we? And something happens when we touch them with the anointing oil because we have seen it. You can't just do it as a religious ritual. It's got to be done by faith and reverently. Then there's an expectation something's going to happen. Okay? So this morning... If there's any here that's under a yoke and you heard what I said about the yoke, I'll just give it to you again. It can be troubles, burdens, bondages, sickness, oppression, or any other, any, any other negative thing that works against us. We're just going to sing another couple of songs. And as we do that, we're just going to anoint you with oil. If you're in that category and you want the yoke of the enemy broken off, then we're going to pray for that and anoint you with oil. But you need to remember that as soon as that's done, you need to take on the yoke of Jesus. And you need to make sure you've got a prosperous soul so that you become so spiritually fat and future that that yoke can never ever again fit upon your neck. She was talking about the oxen becoming so fat they couldn't get the yoke around the neck any longer. And we need to become so fat spiritually that this yoke of the enemy or the yoke of negative things can't just lie upon our neck any longer. We've been set free and we're prosperous in Jesus' name. Is that okay? Yeah.